According to a new study from Dalhousie University's Agri-Food Analytics Lab, a quarter of Canadian grocery stores won't accept cash within five years. But the convenience of going cashless at the grocery store comes with a privacy cost. Here to talk about it, the author of that new study and the top guy at the Dalhousie University Agri-Food Analytics Lab, Canada's food professor, Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, is back with us here on CKNW Weekend Morning. Sylvain, good morning. Welcome back. Well, thank you. It's good to have you with us. It's been a while. Let's talk. I want to talk about milk dumping and supply management in a minute. But the most recent article you've written that came to our attention is this whole business of cashless grocery shopping. And certainly the pandemic expedited uh, the whole process of cash free shopping period, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, actually. Uh, It was part of our report, uh, which we released uh, this week. It's one of those things that uh, most people see, uh, they experience, but we don't talk about it all that much. Uh, Our economy is becoming more digitized, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're using less cash. And so it's convenient for most of us, including, including me. I actually enjoy using plastics. But but a lot of people still use cash, and there's there are a lot of Canadians that are still uh, unbanked or underbanked. So whether uh, some many Canadians don't have a bank account or uh, will use a, a bank account very rarely, which means that they're still paying cash. About six percent of Canadians actually still pay uh, use cash to pay for food, and more and more grocers are are just encouraging people to use self-checkouts, and, and, and many of them actually just don't, don't accept cash. And, of course, those cash, those plastic providers that you're so fond of using uh, are really doing, they're just going all out on all fronts, Sylvain, to encourage you to continue using it. They've got their loyalty points, their uh, store discounts, their brownie points that you can collect, air miles. they got all sorts of programs going on. The idea is that they want you to use plastic to make your purchases at the grocery store and elsewhere. So the encouragement factor is very high, isn't it? Oh, it is absolutely, and so from a from a retailer perspective, uh, handling money is is becoming costly. Yeah, uh, you're you're prone to human error. Uh, you there's there's store theft uh, these days. I mean, there's lots of risk uh, related to handling cash overall. So uh, that's one thing that uh, more and more retailers are are trying to figure out. And a lot of Canadians actually think that retailers uh, are obligated to accept cash. That's not necessarily true. Oh, really? There, there is no law. Yeah, there is no law in Canada forcing a retailer to accept cash. It's legal tender, right? But it doesn't mean that they have to accept cash. And and this is something that a lot of Canadians don't know about. Interesting stuff. But with all of the use of cash, or, I'm sorry, of, of plastic, Sylvain, and particularly with all of the encouragement to do so even more, there is definitely uh, a privacy concern. And your recent study, again, just a few days old, does dive in a little bit to the, the issue of concerns and privacy matters that Canadian consumers are talking about. What did you find out? In ter- because they, you, you, they track your purchases they know what you bought when you went to the grocery store yesterday morning to buy the week's family groceries don't they oh absolutely and uh so 53 percent of canadians are, are concerned about privacy issues and uh and i think they're right i mean a few a few months ago uh a couple of companies uh, maple leaf foods and, and sobeys uh, were uh, uh were attacked uh, were cyber attacked and uh there was no 
mention of how databases may have been compromised, databases which would include or uh, have uh, information uh, about customers. When you actually give a piece of plastic to uh, a grocer, you're, you're giving a part of yourself, yep. really. I mean, you're giving information and you're expecting something back. Uh, deals, rebates, information about uh, upcoming promotions and things like that. And for most of us, we play along. But uh, with, with cyber attacks, uh, you do wonder what else is going to happen to your personal data. So a lot of people are concerned about that. Yeah, and yeah I'm looking at some of the, the, the specifics. You talk about using credit cards versus debit cards to pay for groceries, for example. And here in B.C., you've found that credit outpaces debit uh, fifty-one by 58%. Next on the list is Quebec and then Ontario and Alberta. B.C. has the highest rate of people buying groceries on credit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it has a lot to do with points. I think people actually want to accumulate points yep. uh, on their own. I mean, despite the, despite the fact that uh, grocers actually have a loyalty program, so it's a, it's, a, it's a double whammy for them, basically. So they want to accumulate points on the one side, but they also want to accumulate points uh, through the grocer's loyalty program. It's, it's, so it's, it's a smart move as long, as long as you have the money to pay for your bill at the end of the month. Sure. And that's not the case for a lot of people these days. So uh, uh, just diving into the privacy thing one more time, uh, when you find a person in your survey who says, yes, I am very much concerned about my privacy issues, who does that person say is responsible for your safety online? The retail merchant to whom you've given your information simply by shopping at their store? Or is the onus actually on you, the consumer? I think it's both, really. I mean, on the one side, there's a bit of a social contract there. I mean, you want to uh, do business with a grocer uh, who's responsible and will actually manage uh, your data uh, very carefully. But on the other hand, of course, as a consumer, you do have responsibilities. You want to make sure that uh, nothing happens. And you want to check your bills uh, very regularly mm. and check your accounts once in a while to make sure that there's no fraud or anything like that. All right. Let's, uh, I'm going to play a clip that you've no doubt heard a few times in the past couple of days. Here's an Ontario dairy farmer named Jerry Wiegand uh, talking about dumping 30,000 liters of milk. So, but right now we're over our quota. It's regulated by the government and by the DFO. But the problem is, is what they don't understand is millions of people look at this milk running away. I dumped 30,000 liters of milk and it breaks my heart. So there you go, Sylvain. You and I have talked about supply management on this program in the past. Here's another example, yep. just a matter of days old. That milk, 30,000 liters, could matter to a food bank or some other uh, processing point, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's really dairy's dirty secret. Uh, milk dumping is, uh, happens all the time. Uh, they, right now, you're seeing a lot of advocates, even academics, uh, denying that it's happening all the time, that it's a major problem, but it is. I mean, we actually believe that uh, um, during any given year, up to 300 million liters of milk is dumped uh, in Canada. Now, can we actually fix this? Absolutely. I, I think supply management can help us but we need a strategy the, the problem right now is that there's no data i actually asked the cane dairy commission how much milk is being dumped right. uh yearly they have no idea there's no data nobody knows 
the extent of the problem. And it, but it is a problem. Food prices are going up at the retail store. Uh, people are paying more for milk and dairy products while we're dumping millions of liters of milk. It makes no sense. All right, especially given the fact that if those millions of liters were available on the shelves, the prices might be lower. And of course, that is counterproductive uh, to, the, to the producer's point of view, right? <laughs> and, and we had how many increases in the price of milk last year, Sylvain? Was it two or three? Three. Yeah. Yeah. The latest one was actually this week, 2.2%. Here's the thing. I mean, if you actually come up with a strategy in Ontario right now in Kingston, there's actually a plant that was built by a Chinese company from China in Kingston, Ontario, and they're processing our own milk. They're dehydrating milk and they're actually manufacturing baby formula and all of it is shipped to China. I, my question to the DFO and to the farmers of Canada, why can't we do that ourselves right. and export our own product abroad? I mean, all you need is to make dumping illegal and create this class, this new category for exports. It's really easy because we have supply management. Well, especially because we also have a, a seemingly limitless supply of milk that we, by strategy, are actually wasting rather than turning into something productive for the workforce and for the economy. Exactly. A lot of dairy farmers right now are saying, well, there's milk being dumped in the U.S., which is true, but they don't have supply management. Their, 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 their market is not protected uh, it is subsidized, but ours is also partially subsidized, too. So we have the luxury of having a government-sanctioned quota system. We should use it uh, to our advantage. Well, it's been quite an eye-opener. A lot of Canadians, of course, keenly aware of supply management and, and, and the fact that all political parties seem to be on side, which is a little depressing. But nonetheless, it, it's, been, <laughs> exactly. it, it, it's been proven. I mean, it doesn't matter what political flag is flying on the Peace Tower. Uh, liberals and conservatives support this, uh, this whole thing. And interestingly, they ditched the wheat board. The Tories ditched the wheat board. Uh, but when they had a chance at the, the dairy side of the cartel industry, they took a pass. That was odd. Well, the weed board, I thought the monopsony at the weed board was an easy fix. Uh, There was no quota. That's the... The problem with supply management is that there's baggage, and I don't think you can get rid of the quota system, to be honest. Like with eggs and poultry, you know, to upsell supply management, it's actually working for us. If you look at how the industry is managing the avian flu, especially where you guys are Mm -hmm. in B.C., we're doing a fantastic job, probably because of supply management. But in dairy, there's lots of problems, and we need to fix it. Indeed. Dr. Charlebois, merci beaucoup. Great to have you back on the show, Sylvain. Let's do it again soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.